0: Hello from Boston. The NHL season resumes right here for your favorite hockey team today in a way, tomorrow in earnest, and it will be something to see before long. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. Not coincidentally, I also offer Daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It'll be Penguins versus Bruins here tomorrow night at TD Garden. Today at 4 p.m., they're scheduled to practice at the Bruins facility called Warrior Ice Arena. I'll be at both of these events, and I'll be sharing with you my observations and other information tomorrow and the day after here on Daily Shot of Penguins. And I can tell you that my eyes are going to be fixed on one trait beginning right off the bat at the practice that Mike Sullivan will conduct here. And that's this. Skate hard. Look fresh. Bounce back. I am a believer... That this four-game losing streak that they had to lug through the All-Star break was born principally of fatigue. I am here to back them and support them on that, even though they've only brought it up kind of parenthetically, you know, almost in an apologetic tone. Like, we know we're not supposed to say this, but guess what? We're actually tired. You know, we actually feel tired. And they had every right to feel that way. 16 games in 29 days was what they played heading into the break. Eight games in the last 13 days, never more than a day off between any of those. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's something that the NHL's scheduling computer should have spit back and rejected when it happened, especially once the league pulled out of the Beijing Olympics, and you freed up for yourself an entire three-and-a-half-week block. Easily, they could have shuffled a game here or there to spread things out. I'm not just talking about for the Penguins. I mean for anybody, for any team, for all teams. It's not as if this league hasn't learned over the past couple of years how to do last-minute rescheduling. There's still a lot of that going on, and there's going to continue to be a lot of that going on. The trends that I've seen from this hockey team over the last, hmm, I'd say two weeks or so have been that they're continuing to score, actually scoring at a better rate as it relates to the stars and the power play than they had all season. But the group overall, the supporting cast and the 200-foot play, the tough stuff, the Sully brand of hockey, has mostly dissipated. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard way to play, as Sidney Crosby told me earlier this season in Tampa. It's a hard way to play. It's demanding. And it takes a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and you can't manufacture that if you're tired. So I'm I'm here to go to bat for these guys on this front. Or at least I was. (laughs) Not beginning today. February schedule that the Penguins are facing. I like it from a lot of different standpoints for this team. I think there are some difficult challenges in there. I think there's a healthy amount of spacing between the games. And more than anything, no excuses. No excuses to be had. I'll repeat when I say that. I'm not accusing them of making those excuses. I'm making them for them because I believe that they're real. After... Tomorrow night here in Boston, they face, on the road, the Senators in Ottawa on Thursday night, the Devils in Newark on Sunday. And you can laugh those off, lower place teams. But if you've watched the Penguins face either of these opponents, you'll know that the Penguins have a lot of trouble with them. And it's not the old, oh, they just take them lightly and... Whatever else, that's not it. The Senators and especially the Devils come at you with a lot of speed up front and a lot of aggressive work on the transition. And that is not a good matchup for the Penguins. It's something that they legitimately need to work on in the regular season to be ready for in the playoffs. Not to give you grisly flashbacks here, but you know, in 2018, When the Capitals finally got past the Penguins and ended up winning their first and only Stanley Cup, how did they do it? Because Barry Trotz saw something in the Sullivan system that he felt was a shortcoming. Sullivan's response was that the Penguins just didn't execute it properly. Nonetheless, it was there. He went after transitions. He went after defensemen pinching. Teams like Ottawa, and again, especially the Devils, expose that, more so than even a lot of the better teams in the conference. That, to me, is a really, really good test for this group. Next Tuesday at home, you got the challenge of facing a, a crappy Philadelphia team, but in the trademark, you know, first home game after a long road trip, and that's a team that you can't afford to to have your guard down against uh, because you'll be taking them lightly because they do stink. After that, it's at Toronto. The Penguins have beaten the Leafs soundly twice this year, and it's been two of the more humbling losses that Toronto has had. That'll be a challenge. Then comes Carolina. I don't have to tell you what the Hurricanes represent. You get the idea. In there, there's two-day breaks. There's not really extensive travel. Most of the bad travel, all except for one trip, really, that's coming up in March, is out of the way. This group needs to, beginning right here, get back to that brand of hockey that they played on the very opening trip through Tampa and Sunrise. The same brand of hockey they took to Toronto. Remember that one? The first game up there? the same brand of hockey that they played at a very high level that built the framework that convinced a lot of people, and I'm one of them, that they're a legit contender even before the return of the stars. There's nothing about the return of the stars that prevents the Penguins from getting back to that. The bottom six forwards need to step up. Sidney Crosby isn't stopping them from doing that. Evgeny Malkin isn't stopping them from doing that. No one's telling Evan Rodriguez, Danton Hine, and these other guys that they need to stop scoring goals. No one's telling them that they need to stop being in people's faces. If those guys get back to that, and you just let Sid, Gino, Jake, Russ, and everybody else do what they do... This team's going to be even better than what it was then. But now is the time for that to start. When we come back, just one question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program, the Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to fubo.tv.com/dk. fubo.tv.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Sean. Who asks, no Sid, no Vetchkin, seriously, why is the NHL even having an all-star game? Does anyone care? It can't be for the ratings. (laughs) I'm sure it is not for the ratings, Sean. They do want to have a showcase event. They do want to have what they refer to internally at NHL offices as jewel events, whether it's the all-star game, the winter classic, the stadium series, and so forth, so that they can present Something to not just the networks, but, you know, really to hockey fans that can break up the monotony of a 82 game regular season. And I'm not one of those people that dumps on the All-Star game at every turn. That's actually a really popular and common thing throughout sports right now, especially with total non-events like the NFL's Pro Bowl yesterday. But I will embrace the first part of your question there. Now, Ovechkin couldn't be at this All-Star game because he tested positive for COVID. So there's an excuse there. Ovechkin was going to go. But can anyone explain to me how the NHL can hold an All-Star game and not invite Sidney Crosby? To my knowledge, this was not a Sid thing. This wasn't something where Sid whispered behind the scenes, I don't want to go. I'd rather just have the week off. Sid is not known, to say the least, for turning down appearances at league events. He's made it part of his mission in his career to promote the game at every turn, and being at things like this has been part of it. Not asking him? Not asking him? Why? Because he missed the first handful of games to an off-season wrist surgery because it took him a little while to get back to scoring? I This subject, again, to me, spans sports. There's this perception, possibly a misperception, but maybe not, that in order to make it to any league's mid-season all-star event, that it should be based on how they perform in the first half of that regular season. I have always found that to be bizarre. What if a player has an unbelievable finish to the previous season and ends up having a tremendous year, but they start out slow the following year? You don't bring them to the All-Star game? Why? The second half of the regular season doesn't count? The playoffs don't count? It's always been a really, really weird thing for me. And more unsettling for me than the NHL leaving sit at home is that it caused virtually no friction that I could see, hear, or read from anyone. Why? Because they just looked at the stats. Oh, look, Jake's got a lot of goals. Jake should be an all-star. Well, you can make a very, very good argument for Jake Gensel to be an all-star. Yes, I'm not about to dump on Jake. Jake, with all due respect, doesn't mean a fraction of anything to the league, to the sport that Sid does. And you just left Sid sitting at home? You don't think that in a jewel event on a network that's being shown, presumably to a large audience, that the game benefits in any way, from Sid being one of those participants, in the skills competition, in those fun events that they had, the shooting into the fountains or shooting into the playing cards, an actual familiar face to casual hockey fans or even non-hockey fans, instead of throwing them ah, uh, like Adam Pellick from the Islanders. I'm not, the guy's a good player and everything, and you have to take defensemen. I'm not cutting up on the guy, but he's not anyone. He's not a known entity outside of the Pellick household and some fans on Long Island. But that's who you're putting out there. If you think back to the skills event, what stood out the most, what was Easily, the most memorable parts were the ones that involved personalities. When uh, Kirill Kaprizov took off his shirt and showed uh, the Ovechkin sweater underneath and did the little tribute there. It was uh, Trevor Zegers with the, the circus move while blindfolded and stuff like that. If you have... Sid, and if he were healthy, Ovechkin, there. You just bring them year after year. You don't sit there and go, let's see who earned this. Who? Who are these people in these league offices that think of things like this? I appreciate the question, although maybe not, because now you've got me in a really wound-up mood here. We will have another daily shot of Penguins tomorrow. Advancing the game against the Bruins.